We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane, and it is game day. Lakers versus Suns tonight. The preseason comes to an end, and this is the biggest preseason matchup that we've seen so far. Finally, we'll get to see the Lakers playing their real rotation, unveiling the starting lineup, all kinds of stuff to look forward to in this one. So I'm going to break down a lot of that. Have a little bit of news to get to as well. Plenty to do in today's solo show. Before I dive into it, quick reminder, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on those notifications. And if you're interested, we do have the Lakers Nation YouTube membership program, which you can check out by using the link in the description down below or that join button just dropped yesterday. The extra bonus uh, show for all of our, our members, had a great time doing that, giving some, some inside details on Lakers Nation, some talk about the Lakers and what their future could look like in a post-LeBron world, all kinds of things that I dove into on that show. So if you guys want to check that out and you want to help support the channel as well, you can check that out on the Lakers Nation membership program here on YouTube. If you are a podcast listener, of course, welcome and would appreciate that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, as I said, lots to get into today, but let's start off with a little bit of news. The Lakers announced they have signed Lewis King. Now, I know a lot of you probably saying who? Well, he actually averaged 20 points per game last season in the NBA. This is true. What is also true is he played in one NBA game last season. He scored 20 points in that one game that he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he has had a few cups of coffee in the NBA. He's appeared in a handful of games over the last few years. He is a forward who can come in, maybe shoot a little bit, give you a little bit of range. Uh, look, realistically, this is not the 15th roster spot here. I know that's what a lot of people think. They go, oh my gosh, they signed someone to the 15th roster spot. No, that's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. What's happening here is this is most likely going to be announced as an Exhibit 10 contract. What that means is the Lakers are going to be giving him a little bit of extra money that you will almost certainly, maybe by the time this video even comes out, this show even comes out, uh, we're going to get news that the Lakers have waived him. They have waived Lewis King, and he will be joining the South Bay Lakers. That's what this move is all about. The Lakers have already acquired his uh, G League rights, 
So he's going to be joining the South Bay Lakers. Still somebody interesting. Like he legitimately did drop 20 points in an NBA game last season, but another wing player just to keep an eye on. But this is not the 15th roster spot signing or anything like that. Um, but this is, there's a lot of teams doing stuff like this right now before you know the season really gets started to try to set up their G League team. And that's absolutely what they should be doing. Look, we've seen since it came into being back when it was, the D League, and now it's it's the G League. Um, this has become a a more and more of a path to the NBA for players. Now we're seeing some players that are participating in the G League rather than go play college basketball, like we saw Jalen Green do. He's a great example of that. We're also seeing guys carve a path from the G League to the NBA. Our our guy Alex Caruso was was one such player who was able to do that, come through the G League and get into the NBA, and then go on to get a big NBA contract and. Fortunately, that contract was not with the Lakers. But as this is becoming more and more of a path, more and more of not to baseball's level, but more of a farm system for, for the NBA, we're seeing teams that are paying more and more attention to the G League because there's an understanding of how if you can find a player in the G League, you can have a guy that you develop, maybe a guy that you, know, that you don't draft high, a guy that you get in the second round, maybe even later, maybe undrafted. Teams are starting to realize how valuable that is. Even if it doesn't have to be like an Austin Reeves success story where the guy goes from being undrafted to within two years, he's playing on Team USA and recognized as one of the best young players in the league. That, that, that's pretty rare. But even if you're able to get a guy to be your 10th or 11th man on your roster and you found that player in the G League and you bring him in and you get him on a team-friendly contract, that can be extremely valuable when you're building out a team in the NBA. So teams are starting to commit more resources to the G League. Teams are paying more attention to it. They're taking it more seriously, certainly, than they did when it first came into being. And that is a positive thing for the development of game of basketball. But you're starting to see stuff like this happen more often, like what the Lakers are doing here with Lewis King, where teams are maneuvering and doing some things to funnel players to their G League team. Like, I believe, Scottie Pippen Jr., we're going to see him pop up with the South Bay Lakers. The Lakers are going to continue developing him, continue working on that. In addition to, of course, their two-way players, Alex Fudge, Colin Castleton, and Demoy Hodge, who we could see actually play sometime with the parent squad with the Lakers this season. But that's what's going on there. The Lakers, they do make a signing. It's Lewis King. He did score 20 points in a game last season, but most likely he's going to see probably all of his minutes this season with the South Bay Lakers. The Lakers will continue developing him, work him, see if there's something there, and then they'll go from there. All right, let's talk Lakers-Suns. Let, let's talk about this matchup. You know, the this is the biggest of all the preseason matchups so far. The Lakers have played in five preseason games, which one of the things that always bewildered me is why some teams have way more preseason games than another. The Lakers play in six of them. Uh, there's some teams that have like three preseason games, but uh, but the Suns have played in four preseason games so far. The Lakers have played in five. The Suns right now are three and one. The Lakers two and three. But uh, I mean, preseason record is almost meaningless because your starters aren't going to play much. Uh, if you've been watching the Lakers during preseason, the two and three record is really meaningless because what we've seen happen is every time the Lakers have had their regular rotation players out on the floor at the very least. They've held their own, if not looked really good and looked better than their opponents, even their opponent starters. Uh, but then when they put their their guys who are obviously not going to be part of the rotation, whether it's the South Bay players or you know the rookies, Jalen Ochofino, if it's Max Lewis, those guys, 
um, that's when things have kind of fallen apart and they've they've lost some games as a result. So the record's really meaningless here uh, for, for preseason, but this is going to be a good test because now here we are in the final game of preseason and this is going to be a full dress rehearsal for the Lakers. Now, I'm assuming right now that the Phoenix Suns are going to do the same thing. It's possible that they won't. Maybe the Suns won't want the Lakers to see what they're doing. Maybe the Suns won't want the Lakers to uh, to get a look at their team and you know, the Lakers are going to play the Suns in the second game of the regular season. So it's certainly possible that the, the Phoenix Suns could decide, you know, we don't want to play most of our guys out there, but I'm assuming that the Suns are indeed going to play their guys. In fact, that's what they've said so far. So assuming they stick to that, it sounds like Frank Vogel, our old friend, Frank Vogel, his plan from what he's told media in Phoenix, it's to play their main guys in the preseason finale. Um, the goal is even to get them some second half minutes. So what we know from the Lakers side is that he's going to, Darvin Ham is going to play his normal rotation for three quarters. Frank Vogel has said he wants to get his guys some second half minutes. So it sounds like both teams are really planning on doing the same thing. The fourth quarter, they're going to empty the benches. But the first three quarters, maybe it's a little bit less than three quarters, but past halftime, we're going to see the regular rotations, these teams fully going after it, and they're going to be getting their guys some minutes here. Um, my guy, Gerald Borgay, who covers the, the Phoenix Suns, even has that the Suns are aiming for high 20s and low 30s in terms of minutes for their main guys. So they're going to go for this here unless they somehow change course between uh, between now and, and game time. So both squads will have their full complement of players out there, and I think that's going to be really exciting here for the Lakers. This is the first time we're going to see the Lakers kind of unleashed. Now, that being said, it's still preseason. It's still preseason, and guys like LeBron, like AD, veterans, they understand that. There's a level you play at in preseason. There's a level you play at in the regular season when the games you know, really count. So I'm expecting to see the Lakers really ramp up and go for it, but I don't think it's going to be quite the same level as like a regular season game where the ultimate outcome matters for your season. So let's keep that in mind. But this is what I'm projecting for the starting lineup for the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. I, that At this point, that's not even controversial. If I said that two weeks ago, people would be saying, what, what about Rui? What about Jared Vanderbilt? Where Vando is a no-go. Everybody else it, it should be good to go for the Lakers. Gabe Vincent, JHS may be a little bit up in the air, but Gabe Vincent participated in practice, so he should be good to go. Uh, the, he was dealing with a back issue, JHS, um, still dealing with some stuff. So we'll see if he's good to go, but I don't know how many minutes Jalen Huchipino was going to play anyway, aside from maybe the fourth quarter. Um, Torian Prince, though, has won the starting job in, in my mind, particularly with Jared Vanderbilt being out. He's going to be reevaluated on Friday, and we'll be waiting for, hopefully, fingers crossed, some good news there when he gets reevaluated for that heel issue. But with Vando out and Rui Hachimura seeming to settle into a bench role, I, I would be shocked if this is not the Lakers starting lineup. We know uh, the Darvin Ham is going to play through the rotation as it's a real game. So I think that's going to be the starting five for the Lakers. The bench rotation will be Vincent. I believe it will be Max Christie. Maybe Cam Reddish will have something to say about that. Uh, Rui Hachimura, I think Jackson Hayes has earned minutes for himself and Christian Wood. Now, that said, one of the things I'm going to be keeping an eye on, it's the rotations. It's the substitution pattern. Do we see a full five-man bench unit like this? 
Gabe Vincent, Max Christie, Rui Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood. Do we see those five players on the floor together? Because it's possible, and maybe even likely, that Darvin Ham is going to mix and match. And so that's one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on. How exactly does this rotation and substitution pattern work? When, assuming that Darvin is approaching this as though it's a regular season game, when does LeBron come out? When does he get his first rest? When does Anthony Davis get his first rest? Does Darvin make it clear that he does not want both LeBron and AD out at the same time? Or does he say we have so much depth that we can do that? That's going to be a strategy to keep an eye on. Does he sub out LeBron and Anthony Davis at the same time in the first three quarters? Fourth quarter, they're all going to be out. But first three quarters, are they? do they have one of LeBron or AD on the floor at all times? Or is Austin Reeves now in that mix? Is it now one of Austin, LeBron, or Anthony Davis needs to be on the floor? What about D'Angelo Russell, who's been absolutely phenomenal in preseason? That's something that we're going to be keeping an eye on as well. And then what about Anthony Davis's uh, support system as a big? We're going to see LeBron be the guy to start next to him at the power forward slot, but do we see AD and Jackson Hayes combinations? Particularly now that Anthony Davis has been taking and making three-point shots in the preseason. Do we see Christian Wood and Anthony Davis as a tandem, as we've seen quite a bit in preseason? Does that continue to be a thing when we're looking at the mixing and matching of lineups. Does Max Christie get a lot of minutes? Does Torian Prince pick up extra minutes by sliding up to the two, which is something that we saw last game when the Lakers were extremely shorthanded? Is that something that we see? Look, I love Max Christie. I think that he's going to be a really good player. I don't think he is wowed during preseason. I expected when Cam Reddish went out with injury, I thought Max Christie was going to seize control of the backup shooting guard minutes. And while he hasn't been terrible and he certainly had his moments, I don't feel like Max has really taken over that job. I think there's a, there's an opening there to the point where if Jared Vanderbilt comes back and the Lakers need a, 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 an opening, maybe we do see a little bit of Torian Prince at the two in order to open up some space on the wing for Jared Vanderbilt to get into the mix. Obviously, that's not what we're going to be seeing against the Phoenix Suns tonight, but nonetheless, that's something to keep an eye on as well. But I do expect that Max Christie is probably going to be in that role. Does Torian Prince, though, take over some of the backup two-guard minutes? Interested to see that as well. Um, lots to look at with the rotation. How much Gabe Vincent, and by the way, when we're looking at the, the two, how much Gabe Vincent and D'Lo, or Gabe Vincent and Austin Reeves, do we see? Could the Lakers' guard rotation simply be you have your point guard, your shooting guard, combined, there's 96 minutes. There's 96 minutes. Do we see those minutes simply split up between those three players? I mean, the math says that's 32 minutes each. I would expect Austin in most regular season games to play a bit more than that. But do we see the shooting guard and point guard minutes go solely to those three players? That's a, that's a possible rotation that Darvin Ham could put out there. So I'm really curious to see these decisions that Darvin makes in terms of who's in, when they're in, and then what their roles are when they're on the floor. That's the piece I haven't really touched on too much here. Do we see a lot of on-ball Austin Reeves, which is something we've been hearing about all summer, that Austin was going to handle the ball more, that he was going to have more playmaking opportunities. LeBron was going to be off-ball more than we've ever seen. Do we see that play out against the Phoenix Suns? And again, shifting D'Angelo Russell off-ball, it's not a problem. It's one of the great things about a D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves partnership, aside from the fact that they are now like becoming best friends, um, it's 
that both of them are very comfortable playing either on ball or off ball, and they can execute offensively in either situation. So Austin handling the ball, D'Lo handling the ball, what do we see more of in this game? Do we get a lot of point Austin Reeves? Is it point D'Lo? Do they split 50-50? What does LeBron factor into that mix? What about Gabe Vincent? All kinds of things that I just can't wait to unpack from this game because, again, we've seen these guys playing during preseason, but this is the first game where Darvin Ham is committed to saying, yeah, this is going to be our regular season rotation. This is when we're going to get things revealed to us in terms of what the Lakers initial, there's going to be changes, no question, but initial game plan is heading into the season. You know, I want to get into a few more things that um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And one of the things that I want really want to watch, it's the Lakers defense. There's been a lot of question marks for me defensively about the Lakers. I thought they looked a lot better against the Milwaukee Bucks than we've seen at any other point in preseason. But that defense, I love what we've seen from the offense. It's very free-flowing. We're seeing a lot of the five-out offense. I mean, my goodness, the floor spacing, the wing depth. I'm going to make myself cry here. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But defensively, can the Lakers dig deep? Look, that was where they made the mark last season. It was being a not good, but great defensive team. Can they still do that? We certainly haven't seen that consistently in preseason so far. And what better team to test that than the Phoenix Suns, which have absolute flamethrowers in Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. So I want to see how the Lakers defend these guys. What are the matchups? What does that look like? Obviously, a big question right out of the gate. It's Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Can that be a competent defensive backcourt? D'Lo has been playing great defense in the preseason, but whether he defends Booker, one of his buddies, or he defends Bradley Beal, it is going to be a much tougher test for D'Lo than he's seen for much of preseason. So even though I love what we've seen out of D'Angelo Russell defensively in preseason, and he said some great things about what he's trying to do on the defensive end of the floor, this is going to be a whole new level for D'Angelo Russell's defense. And then Austin Reeves, can he exert the energy the Lakers are going to need him to on the offensive end while chasing around a Devin Booker or someone like that? That's certainly something to keep an eye on as well. Torian Prince could certainly pick up one of those matchups too. And if that's the case, if the Phoenix Suns start, let's say it's a Josh Koji that they wind up starting, could uh, Reeves or D'Lo sort of hide on a bigger wing player that they don't have to chase around quite as much. And we'll see who the Suns ultimately go with for their fifth starter. Um, and, and then while I'm on the subject of defense, the offensive rebound and Yusuf Nurkic, he's, I mean, the, the guy is strong. He's a big dude. There's a reason why the Suns are excited that they were able to get him. And he's a pretty good passer out of the high post as well. So keeping him off the offensive glass and keeping him from being too effective at spreading the ball around when he gets the ball at the top of the key, that's going to be something that's important as well. I know we tend to focus all of our attention on the stars, on Beal, on Booker, on Durant, and rightfully so, but you do have to pay attention to what Nurkic is doing because he will pick you apart, and before you know it, he's got four or five offensive rebounds, which is massive, and he's thrown, thrown a couple of nice passes out to the perimeter for threes, and that can be a big, big problem if you allow him to be productive like that. So the Lakers' defense on him as well is going to be important. That's going to fall on. Of course, Anthony Davis initially, but Christian Wood will get his turn. Maybe Jackson Hayes as well. Both Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes, though, giving up a lot in terms of size and strength to Yusuf Nurkic. But the last thing on here, 
Can the Lakers make, as much as we talk about D'Lo defending Booker or D'Lo defending uh, Bradley Beal and same thing with Austin Reeves and chasing these guys around and everything, what about making them defend? What about making them defend? You know that one of these guys, one of these three, they're going to try to hide on Torian Prince. That's what the Suns are going to do. And whether it's Durant, whether it's Booker, they're going to put one of these guys on Torian Prince in order to hopefully have him not have to move around too much on defense, just stay with the spot-up guy. Now, Prince is actually not bad attacking closeouts, so I wonder if he can put a little pressure on there. But one of these players is going to try to take possessions off defensively by, by defending Torian Prince. But can you make the other guys work? Can you create switches to make that player that's hiding on Torian Prince work? That's going to be something as well. And this is something that I thought the Lakers didn't always do a great job of last year. Can you make Devin Booker, for example, work defensively, put him at a bunch of pick and rolls and make him defend Austin Reeves without fouling him, which is not an easy thing to do in a bunch of pick and roll situations when AD's setting the screen, when LeBron's setting the screen, how do the Suns react to that? Make them fight over these play after play after play. Can you wear them out a little bit that way? Or do you let them just conserve energy by hiding and not put them into actions? And then that gives them more burst on the offensive end to burn you. I want to see if the Lakers can make Booker, can make Durant, can make Bradley Beal work, and do not let the Suns get away with hiding them out there. The big part of this game, though, and this is the big question. It's the This is the question for the Phoenix Suns. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do they have the depth? So the Lakers bench against the Suns bench. You know what? As much as we can talk about the stars, LeBron and AD and Booker and Durant and all these, these are obviously the the marquee players. But really, where this game and where most games between the Suns and the Lakers, which again, Lakers are going to see Phoenix in game two of the regular season. But where what it's going to come down to It's the Lakers bench against the Suns bench because that's the area where the Lakers, as what I believe is one of the deepest teams in the NBA, 
where they should have an advantage is with the bench. They should have an advantage. The Suns, they've picked up some players. They've got some guys. Look, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, you let those guys get going, and who knows, maybe one of those guys will start. We'll see what, what uh, roster Frank Vogel runs out there. But what you don't want to allow is one of those guys to really get going off the bench. One of those guys to go have a, say, 20-point night and then keep you afloat while the Lakers bench is out there on the floor. That's what you can't have. If you're the Lakers, you should have the deeper bench, the better bench. You've certainly spent more money. The Suns have a bench full of veteran minimum guys, and some of them, again, are more talented than veteran minimum players. But if you're the Lakers and you're putting out an $11 million Gabe Benson, you're putting out a, what is he at, $16 million Rui Hachimura, 15 or 16 this season. Uh, Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes are on better minimum deals, but you're putting out a number of guys that are on contracts that are bigger than a veteran minimum. And so when we're looking at that, and maybe Torian Prince is in the mix at the, at the two, maybe it's Max Christie, maybe we'll, we'll see. But this Lakers bench should be better than the Phoenix bench. Can the Lakers really take advantage of that, though? And I'm not going to worry about the fourth quarter. I'm talking about in the first three quarters when we're seeing more regular substitution patterns. Can the Lakers bench... When LeBron's not in, not just stay afloat, but win those minutes. I think that's going to be something really important for this Lakers team because we haven't seen that. We haven't seen it from the Lakers. From day one since LeBron arrived, the Lakers' MO has been whenever LeBron subs out, things fall apart. LeBron comes back in, stabilizes everything. They build a lead back up. LeBron subs out, things fall apart. Off you go, right? That's, that's what we've seen. Rinse and repeat of that scenario. So can... The Lakers, with this bench that is now, again, the deepest bench that LeBron has seen since he's worn purple and gold. This is a team with the wing depth to play without LeBron better than any previous Lakers team. This team, and we've seen it in preseason. There have been games where the Lakers look really good to the point where you don't even really miss LeBron out there on the floor. Not to say he's not an impact player. Not to say he's, he's, he's not a player who gets things done for you. And certainly your ceiling is nowhere near as high without LeBron, but you look at the group out there on the floor right now, the Lakers can put competent lineups out there that are a real threat without LeBron James. That is a major, major change from the Lakers teams that we've seen ever since LeBron arrived in Los Angeles. So the question becomes, can you take advantage of that? Can you take advantage of the fact that you're going to have a quality team out there on the floor even if LeBron is not, and when you're going up against the Suns bench, can you punish them? Can you punish the Suns for being what the Lakers used to be? And that is top heavy. Now, the Suns pieces actually fit together way better than LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis ever did. The difference, Beal, Booker, Durant, they all can shoot. They all can create on their own. So it doesn't really matter that much if the offense gets bogged down if the paint collapses, if the play they're running doesn't work, any of those guys can be thrown the ball and create a high percentage look on their own. They all have that ability. And so I'm not saying this is the same as that Lakers team, but but the Suns have made the choice to be top-heavy. To be top-heavy, to have a lot of guys that are uh, that are making a lot of money. Now, again, you've got Grayson Allen, who may be coming off the bench, and he's got a decent salary there. Yusuf Nurkic, who they brought in, they essentially turned DeAndre Ayton into those guys. Um, but can you take the Suns' weakness, which is depth, 
and exploit it with what should be a strength for the Lakers, which again, I can't believe I'm saying it, but depth should be a strength of theirs. Gosh, it's been so long since we've been able to say that. So that's going to be something I'm going to be keeping an eye on as well. Can this Lakers bench thrive? Not just do okay, not just tread water, certainly not give up ground, but thrive when they are matched up with the Phoenix bench. I think that's going to be critical, not just for this game, but obviously for every game moving forward because it should be an advantage for the Lakers on most nights. All right, the last thing I've got for this game, and by far, I have saved the best for last, Lakers Nation. This is the most important thing from tonight's game by a lot. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. The Lakers start their season next week. The games count. And the most important thing, regardless of the score of this game, regardless of whether they look good or bad, the most important thing is that they stay healthy. Because I'll tell you what, if the Lakers come out and they look great against the Suns and they kick their butts up and down Palm Springs, which is where this game's being played, I would love it. It would be great to see. Be celebrating. We'll be on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. We'll have the game there. We'll be celebrating together. We'll be right back on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel on the post-game show. Um, we'll be enjoying that Lakers Nation live. You can come join me right after the game on the YouTube channel. We will celebrate. There's no question. But, but, in December, in January, February, certainly in May, Right when we get to we get to the postseason, nobody's going to look back and say, "Man, I'm sure glad we won that last preseason game against Phoenix." Nobody's going to look back at that day and say, "Oh man, you know what? They won that game. That was so important that they won that game. That they looked good that night." No. In fact, a lot of people probably won't remember the game by that point in the season. I'll tell you what, we will remember though. If somebody gets hurt, if there's an injury that takes them out of the rotation, especially if it's a key guy for the beginning part of the season, yeah, we're going to remember this game. So the number one thing, most important thing out of everything I've talked about, is stay healthy. We've already seen, obviously, Jared Vanderbilt, some bumps and bruises. Gabe Vincent's been dealing with a back issue. We've seen some stuff here and there, right? Avoid injuries. Get out of the game healthy. Get your reps in. Get everything that you need to be prepared for the regular season. But again, above all else, stay healthy in this game against the Phoenix Suns. That is the most important thing out of everything I've talked about. Stay healthy. Use this to get ready for Denver. Coming up next week, followed by Phoenix. We're going to see the Suns both this week and next week. All right, Lakers Nation. Let me know what you think. I'm really excited for this game. I'm excited for the initial rotation of Darvin Ham. Again, he will tweak things. I'm excited for this to be revealed and to find out what it is. What are, what are Darvin's initial thoughts on how this team should be played? We're going to find out a lot in this game tonight. So I do hope you join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Hang out with us. Watch the game with us. We have a great time. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And then after the game, head over to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you can't make it, can't make it. The video will live there on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, or you can listen to the podcast version, uh, which will be out 
Friday morning of the Lakers Nation live show right after Lakers versus Suns. Thank you, everybody, again, for, for joining me here. And if you're on YouTube in the comments section, let me know. What do you think about this game tonight? What are you expecting to see? What are you hoping to see as well? Once again, if you want to check out the membership program over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, just click that join button. You can also find the link at the top of the description of all of the videos that we put out. Thank you again, everybody. Till next time, see you and stay safe.